Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., Everybody, welcome back to the wedding dish. We're coming at you over full service radio live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, DC. The wedding dish is the essential wedding podcast where we chat with real married or engaged couples, wedding professionals in the DC area, and sometimes we read listener stories or questions on our mini episodes. Today, you will hear tips and tricks about wedding planning, gain tons of inspiration, and hear real life experiences. We are super excited. That's Sarah Alipin, co-host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of District Bliss and Photos from the Hardy. And that's Steph Norton, entrepreneur and producer of The Wedding Dish. Per usual, we have our cute little French bulldog sidekick, Clue, in in the studio with us somewhere. Um, he's, okay. <laughs> he's uh, staring his water dish down pretty fantastically right now, yeah. deciding if he wants to actually put the effort into standing up and drinking. <laughs> Today, we are going to be dishing with the CEO of Elizabeth Carberry Creative and the founder of Foster Collaborative Coworking Space. She also works with the Gallery at Elevate and Fathom Gallery. Um, she does Artsy DC, and she's just a fantastic human um, who specializes in wedding planning events and content creation. So we want to welcome Elizabeth Carberry. Thank you, guys. What an intro. There, That's a lot of things that I do. <laughs> <laughs> do. I was actually thinking I'm missing something. No, you, you got all of them, all of the things, other than mom. That's the only thing that was missing. But. And wife. And wife. Hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. Lots of things. Every time I hear that intro where somebody's like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, do you have 10 minutes for me to explain this? <laughs> I always try to go in with one persona or the other because I'm never sure how how long I can go on about all of the stuff that I'm involved. Yeah, in. when I'm talking, when it's wedding industry focused, I kind of try to cut most of the rest of it out um, just to save people time. But uh, other than that, I'm it's literally like, okay, two minutes later, that's all that I do. <laughs> I thought it was pretty interesting too. Like in your bio, before all of that awesome stuff that you do, you you kind of like claimed that you're a lifelong Pats fan, mm. but you're from New York. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. Um, it's funny because no one really ever catches that. I'm from Boston. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> Brooklyn. Yeah, no, I was born in Brooklyn. Um, good old gigantic Italian family. Um, and love New York, love Brooklyn. It's still my favorite city in the world. Um, but my mom and her family were from Massachusetts. And so when we were little, my brother and I, not that they ever said it, but we kind of like picked a side because um, my dad was a huge Giants-Yankees fan and my mom was passionate. Pa- Red Sox. Um, and so kind of without knowing what it meant, I became a Pats fan. Um, I since have kind of 
gotten away from every other sport and I'm sort of a Nats fan on the baseball side um, but I am still 100% a lifelong Patriots nice. fan Tom Brady <laughs> all the way he is the goat and if he goes anywhere else this next season I will actually die <laughs> okay that's a true fan <laughs> um, the Super Bowl commercial for Hulu this year gave me an, an actual heart attack my husband was like breathe <laughs> so yes that is it's funny no one ever catches that but yeah that is my big thing I'm yeah, a huge I love that. fan fan yeah 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 but yeah born born in Brooklyn and a big Italian family all Giants fans and then my husband is actually from New York as well and his whole family are Giants fans so I am the lone Pats fan so what brought you to DC oh that's a that's even longer story um than (laughs) than what I do for a living but I'll tell the abbreviated version um I was born in Brooklyn and then we only lived there until I was seven. Um, and then my parents actually moved us to Italy for uh, seven years. Oh. Um, yes, my dad got an amazing opportunity and took us over there and it was awesome. Um, loved growing up there. But then um, when I was 14, we moved back to the, to the States um, and we ended up in Northern Virginia. Okay. Um, so the DMV has been home since I was 14. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, we, when I graduated, worst time in economic history in 2009 um was looking for a job so came home um and then when I met my husband now husband I almost moved to New York it was very close but he decided he would rather be here so we haven't left so we've been on 14th street now for almost 10 years together so yeah wow okay yeah. we're true DCers. DCs, Washingtonians. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. <laughs> and your house was in one of the Washington magazines, right? Yeah, Washington Life. Okay. Yeah, many years ago. It was four and a half years ago. Yeah. How we renovated it. Four and a half years. Yeah, yeah. It's been, I, I actually can't believe it either. We, we, we cannot believe it. It's, uh, it took two years to renovate, um, but we still love it. And we're struggling through it now with, as we were discussing earlier, uh, dogs and two babies, and it's a two-bedroom row home, but we just absolutely love it. So we're, we're sticking it out as long as we can. <laughs> <laughs> it's gorgeous. Thank you. I can see we, why you would. We love it. It is. Well, I love it probably more, but <laughs> my husband tolerates it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, let's, let's get into it. So um, tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah. Which, which one? No. Um, <laughs> let's talk weddings. Um, so I fell into wedding planning about um, three and a half years ago, three years ago. Um, thanks to and shout out to um, Laura Held of Ida Rose Events, who I love and um, her work is just has taken off to places that it's just amazing. Um, but she really believed in me. Um, we had done a couple events together, some smaller things, baby showers and things like that. And then she asked me to start assisting on her weddings. And um, I really just kind of fell in love with it and fell very much into the motion of, of planning. And um, and so I got a couple gigs just through word of mouth and through mostly Instagram. Honestly, I get 90% of all of my business weddings Isn't and not so through Instagram. Um, and someone actually asked me the other day, one of my friends was, oh, is it word of mouth? And I'm like, not really. It's literally people find my Instagram. And I don't even have a lot of followers, which is why I am such an advocate for just staying the course and not, you know, getting too crazy on social. But that's maybe a different conversation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, fe- I just started kind of getting a couple bookings a couple years ago. And now we've grown to um, this year we have in 2020, 
um, myself and I have two associates. Um, we have 11 weddings already booked, um, and our cap will be 15 for this year. Um, but I only do 10 of those. Um, and then they take over the rest. So yeah, so that's where we're at, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy how quickly it happened. And, um, you know, and you're, I'm still very much, I always tell my couples, you know, I'm still very new to this compared to a lot of planners in the area. Um, but we focus on smaller weddings, more intimate weddings, um, very much DC centric, but very minimal. So we're not going to be doing anything over the top. Um, and so I think that gives us a bit more of a chance to kind of get to know our couples and we've become friends with quite a few of them. So, um, it's a very niche situation that I'm in. I'm, I'm definitely never going to live up to Ida Rose's standard because she's just goals but yeah (laughs) you um have beautiful you do beautiful styling too for your weddings like when you say not over the top (laughs) I almost rolled my eyes at you (laughs) I appreciate that I appreciate that yeah we I mean because of my content creation um and photo styling background um which is what I do day to day when I'm not doing weddings I think we really focus on styling those details throughout the day um which can be anything from the invitation suite to the place setting to the buffet um, to to what have you for each wedding. But um, it is very much a focus of ours. We don't do anything like big over the top, but we really do focus on making sure the details are all very cohesive and kind of bring it to life and represent the couple. Yeah. And they're always 100% for sure. Thank you. (laughs) We really try. Yeah. Um, If you look at your Instagram, you know that she's down to the details. (laughs) Yeah. I I appreciate that too, because it also takes me a very long time to curate my Instagrams. (laughs) (laughs) Probably just as long as curating a wedding, but that's, uh, again, a different, different topic, but yeah. Yeah, we've been posting a few of your photos, too. You're always welcome, too. I love it. Um, it. It does give me a great sense of pride when um, people do share our photos um, and just take pride in them as well and think that they're beautiful. And um, it always makes makes me smile. That's awesome. Yeah. So you have all these, you're kind of like multi-hyphenate, but <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Foster Collaborative. What, yeah. What is Foster Collaborative? Can you tell us about it and how it started? Yes. Um, so my co-founder, Laura Metzler, and I of Laura Metzler Photography, um, we've known each other for years, actually. We met uh, like lifetime ago, what it feels like, um, <laughs> when she was working uh, a full-time job at Living Social and I was still doing my artsy full-time um, and focusing in the arts industry. Um, and, you know, we became friends and we kind of kept overlapping in weird ways. Um, and we stayed in touch, but we weren't, you know, I wouldn't say that we were constantly working together. Um, and then about, I guess it was December of, oh God, what year are we in? I think it was December of 2017. Um, I, for a very long time, had always told the artists that I worked with that it would be a dream of mine to open some kind of a space in DC that was for creatives and for artists primarily, not so much a gallery, but more of a working space. Um, And it still is a dream to have something probably like that. But then through telling one artist, Kristen Gaudio Ensley, who is a good friend of mine and Laura's, um, about that dream, um, she was kind of like, I think you should talk to Laura Metzler because she has a similar dream. Um, And so that was December of 2017. And then I kid you not, one month later, we were looking at a space and about to sign a lease. Um, We just kind of are dreams kind of meshed in a way that worked and she was amendable to having artists and making it more of a creative space and not just photo um and then we kind of uh elaborated from there to expand to more creative fields and having what now is 20 members that range from um 
bloggers to photographers to event planners uh, to an artist Kristen is still our resident artist um, and so we launched officially in um, May of 2018 um, exactly two weeks after I found out I was pregnant with my daughter wow. <laughs> that was a surprise to both Laura and I um, and then yeah so it'll be two years this May um, but we are just in a nutshell we are a um, by day we are a all-female co-working collaborative of 20 women as I said um, and then when they are not using the space, we do rent it out for um, photo shoots and events to and, and non-members. Where, and where is the space and how would people find out more info <laughs> about it? Yeah, good question. Where is the space is always a tricky one because it's down a an alleyway in Georgetown, which if you've never walked through Georgetown, you can easily get lost. Um, but it is um, actually, if you know where the Blue Bottle is, right on Potomac um, in Georgetown, we're right down the alley from there. That's the easiest way to tell you um, in what's called Catton's Walk. Um, but you can find us on Instagram at Foster Collaborative or fostercollaborative.com is the easiest way to get info. Um, we have all of our uh, membership, rental, and all of those details online too. But yeah, and a pretty active Instagram account too. So you can find a lot of information about both our members and um, and the space. Great. Yeah. We try to do a lot of member Mondays and share what our um, what our members are doing so that you know people can learn about what we're, what we're about and, and the group of women that work out of there. Cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And it's something that I think when we started, we were like, you know what? Let's try it out. Let's see how it goes. And it's going to be two years, which I don't know that, I mean, maybe she expected two years, but I definitely, you know, feel very lucky that we've made it to two years. So we'll see. We're hoping that we can expand soon, but we'll see. That's amazing. Yeah. It's such a, like, um, a differentiator for DC like it's it's very cool that you created that yeah we we um so I mean a lot of people are you know because the wing the wing actually opened like a month before we did oh my gosh um so we very much have always been you know compared to the wing and now there have been some other you know co-working spaces that have popped in and out um since then but um we we try very much to just be what we are nothing bigger um we're never gonna be the wing we're never gonna be we work that that's not what we are um we provide basic snacks and some tazo tea you know we're not gonna have these you know big fancy events and luncheons but we do try to create a sense of community um we bring our members together for either a lunch or a happy hour once a month you know when we can when schedules allow um we do try to invite people to have workshops within the space so that our both our members and the community at large can you know really be together and, and talk about topics that are relevant to our members and the community. Um, but yeah, we're never going to be anything bigger than that. But we do pride ourselves on the fact that we are supporting such a completely wide variety of um, female creatives. Yeah. And do you guys work there? We do. You yeah. Do. Laura and I are in the studio. Um, I think I'm there a little bit more than her because she's on location a lot with clients when she's not shooting in the studio. But we're probably there two to two to four days a week, depending on the week. Um, we shoot together a lot. So we're there probably like every other week for a day or two. And then she has shoots without me and I have client stuff without her. But um, we try to be there as much as we can so that we can also be part of the community and chat with the members that are working there and um, see what they're up to. It's, so. it's a photo studio too, right? Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Laura is on the photo side and Laura um, creates beautiful product imagery mostly, but also does um, uh, interiors, some 
people, um, but mostly product and content creation, um, very editorial, really high-end, beautiful work. Um, and so that's really why she wanted to open a space, is to have a space to create that um, and bring in her clients and whatnot. Um, and so we have, including Laura, we have eight photographers wow. that work out of the space. Um, and that is, I would say that's the biggest focus of the space. Um, it is a very white light filled space that is very amendable to um to photo shoots um and we provide a seamless and uh, all kinds of equipment for it so um yeah so that would be number one probably is the photo shoot use yeah interesting yeah Yeah. and then we do have events and stuff and yeah it's a fun time and then people just work out of there it's like sometimes it feels like a coffee shop because there'll be 10 members just you know typing away and um you know feels like you're in a starbucks almost just minus the ten dollar latte (laughs) (laughs) nothing against starbucks i am there almost every day but yeah (laughs) so do you so you're doing that and it kind of overlaps like you overlapped into the wedding industry like Mm -hmm. what do you like specifically about the wedding industry being a creative that's a very good question because I thought you were going to stop at what do you like most about the wedding industry? So that's kind of where my head went first. (laughs) And my first answer to that question are my couples. Um, It's so interesting to me how my couples can be so different, and yet aesthetically they all want what I'm producing, but yet they can be, I mean, polar opposite human beings. So that, to me, is always a really fun aspect of it. But to answer your actual question, um, creatively for me... So I'm really, I love florals. Um, I always tell people, and if you know me, that I, if in another life, either past or future, I would be a florist. Um, I just think that flowers have the capability to make or break any moment in life, Um, not just weddings, but I just really feel like it's kind of just a capstone on things. So for me, creatively, I love working with florists to come up with really fun and unique things, and sometimes even not. I was talking to a florist the other day who I work with all the time, um, Brooke from Stem and Thistle. Shout out. Love you. Um, (laughs) But um, she's amazing, and we work together a lot, but we were kind of brainstorming about an upcoming couple that we're working with. And I said, you know what? I don't, I don't want to reinvent the wheel on this particular um, centerpiece that we're working on. I said, you know, I want something just like this. I think that there is beauty in recreating things that were already beautiful. Um, and of course, nothing is ever exactly the same. Um, but for me, creatively, it's, it's, it's finding a way for them, those florals, to be woven in through the rest of the day. Um, for me, that's like... When I can, when when the light bulb goes off of like, yes, the rose, perfect. And then how to weave that that single rose into everything, um, which is what we're actually doing with a couple here at the line uh, in November, which I'm really excited about. The rose was um, very meaningful to the bride, and so the rose is kind of a huge part of the day. The flower, oh, that's sweet. so yeah, so flowers for me and weaving them in creatively, that is where I get like super excited. You'll have to send us those photos once you get them. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, it is definitely going to be a good one. Uh, it's actually a friend of mine from college. And like we knew each other in college. And um, I knew she was in the D.C. area. But we weren't, you know, we kind of would see each other at alumni things. And then she got engaged. And she was like, hey, I heard you're a wedding planner now. Want to do my wedding at the line? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> um, and so it's it's turning out to be probably one of my favorites this year, if, if not my favorite. Have you done a lot of weddings here at the line? So actually that... That will be my third. Um, I did one last year, and then I have another one coming up this June, and then the one in November will be my third. So, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
it's definitely a spot that I think caters to my aesthetic. Um, Size-wise, it's right in my niche. I don't tend to really go over 200 guests, so it really lends to that, too. Um, and I mean, look around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would not want to work here on a regular basis? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, three here. But I tend to do a lot in, like, rural, in, out in Virginia. Um, you know, farms and wineries and whatnot, mm-hmm. too. So, yeah, really varies. Not so much in Maryland, which is just a coincidence, but... Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But the line is definitely one of my favorites. That's cool. And and so how, how you were explaining, like, that you kind of started off as, like, an apprentice, in a way, to another planner, mm-hmm. and then you kind of... Do you feel like that's something that just would happen in D.C.? Like, because we're smaller here? Or do you think, like... Like, if I'm a creative and I just got to D.C., like, is that something, like, what advice would you have for me? Like, could I do that? Is D.C. a good place to do that, like, better than, say, New York or? Right, right. Um, I guess I'd have to answer your question by first saying I don't know the wedding industry anywhere else. Um, But I definitely would say that the D.C. wedding industry is at a place right now that is very much... um, moving toward um, more inclusivity and people sharing more information. Um, There's a lot of workshops going on right now and people just really trying to communicate more and then also therefore kind of sharing ideas and assistance and things like that. Like just last week, a couple planners did a... um, did a wedding assistant training workshop of, I I think that's what they called it. Um, and I thought that was just such a great idea because we all need assistance on the day. Um, and it's so hard to find people that know what they're doing. Um, and you kind of go through the process of, you know, training them and, and, and all of that. So, um, for them to do that, you know, as a group was just, I thought such a great idea. Um, so I think in terms of apprenticeship, yes, I think that there are a lot of planners that want good assistance. So if you're trying to, to learn the industry and, um, you know, get in on the ground floor that working with other planners is, is probably a great way to do that. And I, I know a couple planners that are always looking for good assistance. So I'm sure they would be happy to take somebody under their wing for a while. Um, I think it also just depends on the commitment though. I mean, I, as a planner, I just, I don't want to be training a new assistant or a new apprentice every, every three months. Um, yeah. so it's just a lot. You have to be willing, you know, wedding season. Yes. It peaks from March through, you know, October, but it's all year. Um, and so if you're not really willing to commit from, for a full calendar year, then it's kind of a waste of both of your time because you're going to just be retraining someone or you're going to be trying to you know, paddle uphill for the next season. So yeah, but definitely DC is, is a place where I think you could do that. Um, and I, like I said, a lot of planners I think would love to have somebody that really is invested and interested in, in the industry. And that's like, is that like the, the, the best quality that you can kind of put forth for, I'm sorry, I just like completely lost track of what I was saying. Um, <laughs> That's okay. It's the brain, rosé. Brain fart. It's the rosé. <laughs> it's the rosé. Um, thank you, babe. Is it? Yeah, thank you, babe. Um, is it the commitment factor that's like really stands out? Like because people just will flake out and they'll think like, oh, I'm going to pick up some work. I'm going to do this for a little bit. And I, it's not really what I thought. It's not all that glamorous. So I don't want to do it. Whereas the person that really sticks out is like, I want to do this for my life. 
Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, I know a couple planners that have cycled through a couple assistants, you know, in the last few seasons, and it's just very frustrating. Um, I'm so lucky, and I'm knocking on all the wood, and I think they're both <laughs> listening. But my two associates that are um, there, they work with me through everything, but um, they've been with me now for two years. So I am super, super lucky um, that my two leads have not left me yet guys don't go you know who you are (laughs) um but they um I do I think commitment I think also I mean you just need to find people that you jive with personality wise like I've had a couple assistants who are who are great and they're interested in the wedding industry and you know I think they probably would be good planners but we're just not at the same you know level of enthusiasm or attention to detail, which is a huge thing. Um, you know, I think working with not just Laura, but a couple other planners, that attention to detail is so crucial and it can make or break a specific photo or a moment for the couple. Um, and so if you don't have that same attention to detail as the person you're working with, it really can, you know, a whole tablescape can look completely off from the rest of the room if you just didn't fix the centerpiece, you know, and that matters. So yeah, it does. It's all the details, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's, that's the service you're providing, right? Is that I care more than even you two care. Like, yes. I am making this look like you're Correct. Th- my Instagram page, whether you guys like it or not. <laughs> like, I'm going to make this look like you want it to look. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I actually once said to a photographer I was working with, because I had her take a photo um, that she clearly didn't really want to take. And I was kind of like, yes, but this is going to look great on Instagram. And she was like, yeah, but like, this is for the couple. And I was like, yes, but how do you think the couple found me? Like they found me because I took a photo like this on Instagram and it was what captured them to then book with me. So I know what my couples are looking for and I know what this couple was looking for when they hired me. Um, and, and knowing that and, and paying attention to that and going that extra mile, it might, it might, that one photo might not make the difference to that couple, but that one photo may have made the difference to three others. Um, and that's important too, as a planner is thinking, you know, this is a business, you know, yes, I love my couples and I want their day to be perfect and it is about them, but it's also, I'm, I'm building a business and I'm, I'm, I need more couples. So, you know, thinking through those details is always crucial for me too. That's really interesting. Um, I actually, when I photographed an event with you, two years ago I think it now. was um, I was pregnant with my daughter oh yeah yeah and I so it's like you... two years ago this summer I think yeah yeah and I think I found out you were pregnant at that wedding yeah because I was not I had not even announced it yet because <laughs> I had just found out <laughs> I found out nine weeks too side note I was very late in the pregnancy with my daughter so it was bit of a like you know ah, what do I do <laughs> so yeah yeah and there was a tag on the back of one of the candles and I remember you went around and checked every single can't like votive <laughs> holding thing that I don't even know what the proper name is um and then you were like oh and now the candles weren't lit when you took the photo so then you were like hold on just wait a second and I was like I'm totally cool with this because you are just going to make sure it's perfect. I remember I was sweating, lighting like 400. There were so many candles. It was a lot of candles. It was a lot of candles. Yeah. No, I remember. Um, And I think, you know, that makes all the difference too when you see the photos. I mean, I remember the photos from that day and there, I remember pausing and being like, sorry guys, you have to retake all of the photos you just took. And I'm really sorry to make you do that, but they're going to be way better if I light these candles. So yeah. And I was like, that's totally fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's crucial. And I think working, you know, to, 
to get on a different topic though, your vendor team is also so important. And that's something that I um, really, really try to make sure that I jive with the vendors that we're picking. And I, you know, I obviously, if there's a vendor that the couple has their heart set on because they, you know, saw their work elsewhere, um, I do try to accommodate that. But, you know, if I've never worked with them before, or maybe I have, and it was not the best experience, I do try to be honest with the couple and be like, listen, I'm happy to explore it, but you know, here's X, Y, or Z, why I don't think they're the right fit for this day too. So, um, because they need to see the vision that you're, you know, everyone has to be on the same page about what the vision is for the day. And so if it's, if there's one vendor that isn't, then the candles won't get lit and then your photos might not look so good. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's kind of a bummer personally too. And when you have that energy going at a wedding, if two of the vendors aren't getting along, you feel that energy as a guest or, totally. you know, somebody's going to see it at some point. Totally. So. I, I, I was actually a guest at a wedding um, last year. Was it last year? It may have been two years ago. And I could just feel that, like something was wrong, you know, and, and now I try to keep my planner hat at the door and I do a pretty good job at it because I just, I have so much fun at weddings. Um, thank you, Rosé. Um, <laughs> but um but I definitely could feel like, I don't know if it was just the caterers themselves or the planner was kind of running around a bit crazy and I could see her just like frantic and I was, you know, it just wasn't, there was clearly something a bit off and I was, I took note and, you know, as a planner, I do try to take note when I'm around other, at other weddings or with other planners or other groups that I just, you know, want to make sure that my couples never feel that frantic chaos or, you know, that, that people aren't jiving. Um, so Yeah. Yeah, that's super important. And even as a guest, you totally like keep that under wraps. And I'm sure there are <laughs> plenty of people that are going to listen to this and be like, well, I wasn't a planner, but I could tell that, you know, the caterer sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and not even the food, but just meaning the service or, you know, their place sitting. They sat down and like, you know, nothing was the same from one seat to the next. And it, you know, felt like they just didn't set the table or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been to a couple of weddings like that too. Yeah. <laughs> and I also try to check my wedding professional at the door, but it is hard not to notice it. So hard. Yeah. It's like a chef going to a restaurant and not critiquing the food. That's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Plus it's cool to like learn from other people. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I constantly, I, um, so back to the wedding details briefly, but I actually hosted a workshop at Foster, um, last week, last week, um, called wedding details. Um, and I had three women on the panel, fellow, um, planners who have years of experience on me. Um, and you know, just hearing them speak, a lot of things were very much in line with the way that I conduct my business and myself. And, um, I, was so happy to hear that. And then a lot of things were like new information. What do I do with this? This is amazing. And so, you know, it kind of just even learning from people in that way and hearing their philosophy or the way that they do things, it, it makes you think. And it's, it's always, I mean, that's how we move forward. That's how we, that's how we get better at what we do. Can, can people come to your workshops if they don't belong to Foster Collaborative, like if they don't work there? Very good question. Yes, they can. Um, so members just get um, added benefits of like early tickets or discounted pricing, okay. depending. Um, but all of our workshops, that's actually a requirement of workshops, um, is that it be open to the community. Um, there have been a couple that are closed, um, but they're very rare cases of something very niche or like we can literally only have 10 people because of what they're doing. Um, but 90% of our workshops are, are 
open to the community. We want that. Um, we want people to be in the space. And, and, and they vary. I mean, we have writer's workshops. We have wedding workshops. We have photo workshops. Um, uh, floral. I mean, it, it, you name it. And I think we've probably had one um, in that industry. But, yeah. Great. They're all really rad and very informative, too. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. Um, I don't get to go to as many as... I would like because one, I'm probably working or on a call with a couple, which is usually my evenings. Um, but no, there, I've just, I love that part of, um, what we do at foster because that's the only way we can bring new people in. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we'll take a little bit of a break and we'll be back in a couple minutes. are back. Thanks everybody for tuning into The Wedding Dish. We are coming at you live over full service radio at the Line Hotel and today we are dishing with Elizabeth Carberry who is a fantastic entrepreneur in the DC area, wedding planner, 
um, creative, creative. I mean, you do you're pretty, flattering me. pretty much a million things. <laughs> <laughs> Runs a co-working space. <laughs> Works at uh, Fathom, and I, actually, I don't even know what your title is for Fathom and the gallery at Elevate. I actually more work on marketing for them. Um, I started in doing events with them uh, six years ago, but um, have since shifted to just marketing and social um, for both Fathom Gallery and the gallery at Elevate. Yeah. Did we meet six years ago? It's very possible. I actually was telling my mom, um, I'm also sure she's listening. Hi, mom. Um, <laughs> I was telling my mom about today and, you know, the podcast and whatnot. Um, and of course, she was stalking on Instagram and whatnot. And I was explaining our relationship. And I was like, you know, I, I can't even remember how long it's been. But I mean, it has been such a long time. And like, you know, the mutual support and, and all the support you've given me and my various, you know, as we've listed activities and, and entrepreneurial uh, endeavors, it's it's got to be almost six years. If that's so almost. crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And could you tell us before that what you were doing because you were very involved in the arts <laughs> community in the DC. So I just want to shout that out a little bit. And it was a called CDC Art CDC, Art but A R T S E E, not to be confused with the huge um, company which is A R T S Y, um, which is based in New York. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so for um, almost eight year, nine years, um, Artsy was uh, my. My hustle, um, and it was a um, full service um, management and uh, communications and um, uh, oh my God pop up um, uh, firm, and so we worked directly with artists as well as small establishments that wanted to incorporate the arts in some capacity um, to to share them. Um, and so primarily, we worked behind the scenes with artists. We managed portfolios and helped them with social and building websites and that kind of thing. Um, that was the that was the biggest part of, of that business. Um, but then we also did a lot of pop-ups and just small events throughout the city. Um, we worked with a lot of other arts organizations. Um, it was, um, it was, yeah, it was my baby for a long time until I shifted gears, um, in 2016. Um, and then it's become definitely since Foster and Elizabeth Carberry Creative have sort of taken off in the last two years, it's definitely been, uh, on the back burner, but yeah, no, it's still, it's still my baby. It's, it's something that I think needs to take a new iteration. Um, and we're thinking on that, but, um, but yeah, artsy DC. Yeah. You're always expanding and, and growing and evolving <laughs> everything you do. Yeah, th- this one, it, so I studied art history in college, um, and I grew up, having grown up in Italy and then studying art history, I just always have had um, a love for the arts, mostly fine art. Um, and so when I graduated and I, the job market was just so awful, I wanted to just carve out a space for myself within the D.C. art art you know, industry. Um, and so that's where I came up with artsy. Um, so yeah, so I, I just, I worked at it and worked at it and I got to work with some amazing artists, um, throughout the city, um, and on some really cool projects, but yeah, it was my first love for sure. Still is that still is so cute. Just needs, needs to, needs to revamp in some way. Yeah. Well, speaking of love. Yeah. Love. Tell us how you met your husband. Oh, that's an easy one. Um, so um, he actually is my cousin's best friend from college. Um, and so we actually met um, the summer that I graduated from, from college um, at a family barbecue at my aunt and uncle's uh, house. And um, 
when we met, we, we didn't instantly become friends, but we did form a friendship first. But he will tell you that he fell in love with me the day that we met. Um, <laughs> and he very much always knew that one day he would That's somehow adorable. win me over. Yes, he, I had my two dogs with me, though, and he will say that he hated the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but he said other than them, he just he knew that day that he would somehow figure out a way to 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 get me to get me to love him um but we did form a friendship right away and I was very instantly kind of drawn to he's he's quite he's quite the comedian and um he's full of life and energy so um he did make an impression and we did stay in touch I was actually dating someone else at the time back here in DC he was up in New York um and we stayed in touch and we would kind of text and oh BBM was a thing uh you know Blackberry messaging was was the big <laughs> thing at that time which I feel so old saying because like anyone we under- didn't even have texting <laughs> when yeah, I met Phoebe yeah so. it's, it's I know it's it's crazy um uh, but we would BBM um, from, you know, D.C. to New York. And then I used to go up to New York a lot because a lot of my college buddies were up there. They still are. Um, and so every time I would be in town, I would meet up with my cousin and that whole group and see Patrick. Um, and so we uh, at but I said at the time I was dating someone and then I remember it as clear as day. So it was a Tuesday morning. The guy I was dating called me on his way to work to break up with me. <laughs> it was it was it was actually brutal. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Happy Tuesday. Um, <laughs> but for some reason, other than my roommate slash best friend, who I told immediately because we were getting ready for work, um, I called Patrick. I don't I, he just felt like the first call. And so, you know, we talked and then he waited like 36 hours maybe <laughs> um, to ask me out and he said I'm gonna come down to DC and take you on a date Aww. so I'm gonna I'm gonna come down I'll take you out you just pick a place and so you know being the lovely person and very low maintenance person that I am I gave him a list of 10 restaurants and I said pick. <laughs> I said I dare you to pick my favorite. And he was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, why is this a challenge? And I was like, I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Let's see, like, how well you know me. And he did pick my favorite. Um, it no longer exists anymore. It was in Georgetown. It was a, a seafood place called Hook. Um, I remember that Super place. bougie, like, super high-end. Um, but, yeah. And the rest is history. He moved down here eight months later. Um, we were engaged another eight months after that. And, yeah. I so. love that. Yeah, like you were on the back, you were on the back end of like not a good situation, and so it made you really step up the game. And you were like, "Look, here's a quiz. Figure yeah. it out. If yeah. you want to go out with me, figure this out." Yeah, yeah. And I love he that. was, yeah, and he was <laughs> such. He he did he did stay with me when he came down, but you know he was like, "I'll get a hotel room, you know, or I'll sleep on the couch, you know, no pressure. I just really want to take you out." And I remember that just being like so adorable and like, "Oh, you're cute." <laughs> that is so cute. And yeah. he is, he's adorable. You also have adorable children. Thank you. I, I think they're adorable. I, I think all three of them are, but particularly the children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. They, the, before I left actually to come here, they were um, playing this new game where they take all the cushions off the couch and they just like <laughs> basically tickle each other and like jump and like laugh. And I don't even know what it is, but they're just obsessed. Um, and they're best friends. Like my son lives for the moment that my daughter wakes up for her naps and gets so excited and runs in there. So I'm very lucky that they are who they are. So, yeah. They're so sweet. Thank you. I am going to make you tell Steph that funny story from 
when Cannon was like really little and something would mm. happen and he would say, mm-hmm. oh, curse word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> off air. But um, he did something actually similar recently. He's escalated the curse word, but oh, no. he's very much a, a bit. He's a bit of a parrot, but he doesn't repeat it forever. It's just more of like a temporary thing. So for a day or two, you say something and that is all that comes out of his mouth <laughs> until you can divert his attention elsewhere. But yeah, no. that's the way to do it, right? You don't react to it. Yes, like, oh, you just kind you. of ignore it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's very few things that we react to but and so he has let go of them but a couple things come out of his mouth and I'm like where did you get that because it's not from me <laughs> yeah. she says yeah 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 well tell us as quickly as you can okay. about your proposal because I want to talk about your wedding too. oh my proposal it's actually I will tell it very quickly it's the longest story though of all time and it's very much <laughs> like my husband I think got it out of a movie um, but I'll tell it quickly um, I, I did know it was kind of coming um, he, he is terrible at keeping secrets so I could sense that it was coming and we had kind of sort of picked out the ring like I had told him what I wanted so I, I knew it was coming soon um, so one day um, he I went to go get a manicure by coincidence I had made the appointment but he had planned it for that afternoon so I was at the um, place getting my manicure and then all of a sudden like and I've been going to that salon it's where I get my hair manicure everything so like I know some of the people that are you know at the desk and they were getting super weird on my way out and I was like what is going on and they were super shady and sure enough there was a car service waiting outside for me Um, and so in the car was not my husband um, but a (laughs) note that said you know um, I think you've already figured out what's about to happen but um, if you just wait a little bit longer I promise I'll make all of your dreams come true Um, and so there was champagne the note so then I thought we were going to meet him but no we went to my apartment (laughs) he he made me wait for it for sure went to my apartment when we got there there was another note and then this dress that was laid out for me um, that I had joked like a long time before that I wanted to get engaged in Um, in retrospect I was like I sometimes question that decision but it was really cute he had laid it out for me and he had our song playing and it was adorable with another note that said put the dress on I promise it won't be much longer so I put the dress on got back in the car and then the driver I think drove me around a little bit just to kind of throw me off but eventually we ended up down on the mall um, where actually when that weekend I was talking about when Patrick came down we went and got hot dogs at one of those little you know bodega things in front of like the Air and Space Museum and that's where he was Um, and so he was waiting there and he had a photographer hiding and the whole thing there's a lot of little details in between but it was it was elaborate that's Um, nice yeah it was elaborate story it was it was yes I am I still to this day um, <laughs> Sarah has to, goosebumps and we're just like looking at each other like it's so great isn't the, it the funny thing about it was is that it was actually perfect for both of us because the day before he called my best friend oh, oh and after he proposed my best friends were all waiting at a restaurant for me and we had a little party oh. um, at dinner um, And but he called my best friend the day before and she still tells the story because she thinks it's hilarious because he said you know I think that it's just really simple right it's a perfectly simple proposal and she was like, Patrick, this is not simple at all. Like most people just like wake up and roll over and are like, hey, marry me. Like this is insanely elaborate. But like for him to say, oh, I think it's simple is like very indicative of the fact that like it was just we're perfect for each other because it it was nothing, not not simple at all. But it was perfect. It was exactly what I could could have I could not have planned it better myself yeah it was what you never knew you wanted yes 100% 100% yeah he really ripped it right out of uh, the fairy tale that I had not yet written so yeah. I love that <laughs> well 
tell us a little bit about your wedding day. Mm, that's a good one. Um, I still to this day say that I would not change a single thing about my wedding day um, except my hair. <laughs> I always say that. Um, in retrospect, I should have listened to my now husband because he told me exactly the way I should wear my hair and I did not listen to him and I now regret that. It's the only thing. But um, it was beautiful. We got married um, up on the North Fork in Long Island where um, Patrick is from. Um, we got married at his church that he's been going to since the day he was born um and uh, i i resisted the church ceremony a bit um at first but um in retrospect it was it was so meaningful and so beautiful um and then we had the reception cocktail room reception at um bedell cellars which is a vineyard um about 15 minutes away from the church um and it was gorgeous it was just very picturesque it was the most incredible september weather uh, I still have not had a day to match it. Oh, um, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. So it was perfect. I love that. And I still love my dress. I still look at my dress and think, damn, I wish I could wear that again. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to send us photos that we can share. Oh, yeah. I, every year on the anniversary, I pick a new one to share that I never, never have before. So if you look back in September, you'll find one. But yeah, I try to share it as much as I can. Oh, that's so fun. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Elizabeth. It's just, it's so lovely to see you whenever I get to. Agreed. um, Which we should do more frequently. (laughs) But (laughs) we should. Maybe I should just come and hang out in the box here with the dog when you guys are recording yeah, with and, other people <laughs> and to check out her Instagram um, your at is Elizabeth underscore Carberry correct right? so yep. you can find out about yep. all these cool things yeah. um, on Instagram at Elizabeth underscore Carberry yep and um, thanks for joining yeah, us thank you so much the, for being here thank you everyone for tuning in to the wedding dish brought you to guys. you live over full service radio at the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan DC be sure to subscribe rate and review the wedding dish on your preferred podcast listening platform And we will catch you all next week with, um, who do we have next week? A couple, Kathleen and Justin. Oh, yes. Yeah, Yeah. so we have a real married couple next week. That'll be so much fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Yay. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We love you.